It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Hello and welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at The Loyal Suns on all the social medias. Follow us there, follow us here for pit sports content you won't want to miss. If you love Jeff Cable and hate Pat Narduzzi, not really, but right now we do. This is the place for you. The Loyal Sun Show, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix, brought to you by Section 5. Squid, tonight, when this gets released, we're releasing on Wednesday, right? This will, yeah. This episode will drop. Uh, the Pit Basketball Panthers will be back in action at the Peterson Event Center. It's only an exhibition game. Uh, first game is on the first official regular season game is on Monday against NCANT, but they have the UPJ Mountain Cats at the Peterson Event Center tonight. I can't wait. I'll be in attendance. Um, but before we get to actually preview basketball, do you want to preview basketball first, or you want to do, get FSU out of the way? Let's do the happy stuff first. It's been a while. Do the happy stuff. All right, that works for me. Well, Pitt basketball is back. Coming off a March Madness run, Jeff Capel got the boys back into the dance. It was maybe one of the most exciting Pitt basketball seasons of our lifetimes. Um, I'm sure the draught played a big part of that, but I mean that t- last year's team was so likable. I think we did we literally did a thank you episode for those guys who brought that joy back into our life. Um, and now, quite frankly, fellas, we need you more than ever. Oh, I've never been more excited for an exhibition basketball game before in my life. I am more excited for Pitt versus UPJ in basketball than I am for Pitt Florida State in football. It might be similar to scores. Uh, Pitt won't score that much in Florida State. I was going to say, but Florida State UPJ and Pitt might score, be pretty similar. UPJ is going to score three points tonight. <laughs> um, and and if you're listening to this, I do want to say, like, if you're listening to this after Wednesday, this is not going to be a Pitt UPJ preview. We're not going to be breaking down who the Mountain Cats have coming back. This will be a basketball preview, so you can still enjoy this episode if you're listening on Thursday, Friday, whatever it may be. And I'm going to knock on wood real quick. We are. 
recording this before the game. So a couple years ago, Nike Sabande got a torn ACL in one of these games. They played right, Gannon, PSAC opponent. So hopefully we don't spend all this time previewing all these great players Pitt has. And hopefully they make it all healthy. So, yeah. Knock on as much wood as you can find. I don't even know why you put that into the universe. Um, Reverse mush. True. Fair enough. I guess we didn't record a show before the Nike Sabandi injury. So, So, where do we start? I was going to... I do think that, you know, I say to how much we need pit basketball right now with with the debacle of the football season that's that's gone down and that we're in the midst of um i think the attendance at the peak is going to be pretty rocking pretty early and i think the the attendance at the peak will be one of the main beneficiaries of this absolutely brutal football season i cannot wait to go to games i know last year don't you and i went to the opener very small crowd i think you could kind of just sit wherever you want and nobody really cared because there are sections with like a couple people in the lower bowl, but the city has basketball fever again. Yeah. I mean with, you know, if you're some, there's people listening to this who definitely aren't Steeler fans, but if you're a pit football fan and a Steelers fan and a pirates fan, and quite frankly, couldn't tell you what the pens are doing right now. Um, you need some hope, and right now, pit basketball provides some of that hope. And um, this, I, I am afraid to jump to any conclusions, but like, I think this team has the potential to not only be good, but like be really good. Um, going into last season, it's a much different feeling than last season. I think last season, we might have half jokingly said. We're getting back to the tournament this year, but I still think at the beginning of last year we would have said, you know, we'll take an NIT appearance. Like the NIT is going to be a blast in in March when we when we go up to New York for that. Um, whereas this year there is a bit of expectation. Uh, I think anything short of a tournament appearance would be considered a failure, uh, considered you know underachieving for for this team. And and Pitt went and added some guys, um, but I think. I think we can just start breaking down the roster with the guy, the number one person who's going to make this team go. And that's Blake Henson. Uh, Blake Henson, obviously leading scorer last year for Pitt, leading rebounder, um, second team, all ACC Jamarius Burton, first team, all ACC last year. He was the one who really made these guys go. Uh, but Blake Henson's going to ha- have to be the guy to do that this year. And he looks the part. He's dropped some, LBs, uh, and everyone in practice, like one of the Guillermo or Jorge, I'm still mixing them up. I know we got to figure that out this year, but said in one of the pressers recently, like none of us can guard him. Like, and that, I don't think that was a dig at any of his teammates' defensive abilities. He said, like, yeah, he's just too good. We can't guard him. Yeah, I think most teams in the country. We'll have problems guarding him. Last year, early on, we were like, what do you expect from Blake Henson? Hasn't played in a while. Quickly realized he was a dude who could just shoot the lights out. 
And this year it seems like he'll be able to do that and more. I know a lot of the preseason previews from national guys like Jeff Goodman, all these guys for ESPN are saying this guy will continue to shoot. You don't forget how to shoot in an offseason. And his inside game is also going to take him to the next level. So I was a little bit disappointed he wasn't first team all ACC for the preseason. I think he could end up there. I think he'd average over 20 points a game. Yeah, I think that's the type of guy we're expecting him to be. And I, quite frankly, I think Pitt is going to expect him to be that type of guy for them this year. Um, He's going to carry a lot of the scoring load. Uh, And I think looking at, you know, what what I thought with Blake Henson last year was he kind of became a guy who was just, I'm going to catch and shoot threes. And I'm going to catch and shoot them. And if and if you're starting to pick up on that, I'm just going to catch them a little deeper. And I have the range to just keep going deeper and deeper. Um, I think with the drop dropped weight, being in better shape, I saw some plays from him last year in the tournament. Like he's hitting these against Xavier. There's a play early in the game where he just hits a turnaround fadeaway jumper on the baseline. And it's like, okay, that's a pro move. There's not a ton of guys in college hitting shots like that. If he can do a little bit more of that. How many plays last year did we see Blake Henson put it on the ground? And instead of it being a Euro step for a layup, he just ran a guy over in the lane, in the paint. Uh, a lot of those offensive fouls, I think, will turn into easy layups this year. And if you have to respect him being able to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim, uh, it's going to open some things up for him in the catch-and-shoot game, uh, in the pull-up game. So he's a guy who averaged 15 points a game <clears throat> last year. I don't think it's out of the question at all to see him right around that 18, 19, 20 points per game, be a be a leading score in the ACC. Yeah, he's um, a matchup nightmare. So some teams might have a guy big enough to bang with them, but you got to guard him from 35 feet. You might run into some other teams that don't have a guy. It's like a power forward size. So he'll be backing dudes down. Game by game, it might be a little bit different version of Blake Hitt, so he won't just get you know this game he's getting like a dozen threes up. There might be some games where he's getting to the free throw line back in dudes now, which is going to be cool to see. Yeah, And we've seen what Blake Henson can do. We haven't seen what skinny Blake Henson can do as much. Um, so it'll be exciting to see that. But for the rest of this team, the rest of this breakdown, we really have to kind of just be able to extrapolate and – go off things we've heard, but things we haven't really seen with our own eyes. Um, and so the first guy I want to talk about with that is Ish Leggett. So Ishmael Leggett transferred from Rhode Island, uh, averaged 16 points a game last year, fairly inefficient, only shot about 39% from the floor. Um, but he was on a bad Rhode Island team. So he's a guy who could put the ball in the hoop. Um, but it seems like Ish is going to be looked at as that number two guy in terms of scoring the ball, uh, having the ball in his hands a lot on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and it seems like they think he can thrive in that number two role. He's the guy they sent. He's the other guy they sent to ACC media day. Um, so that leads me to believe that they think he's going to carry a pretty big load for this team offensively. Yeah. A lot of the reports from his Rhode Island days were he didn't have basically anybody around him. So he was forced to try to do it all and it got chaotic. 
So now that he's going to have guys around him that have been on a tournament team, he's going to have guys to turn to, pass to. He won't have to be the guy. So maybe with a little bit less volume, he'll be a little bit more efficient. But and we saw in the secret scrimmage, there's games where he can take over and be that guy, which is something I don't know if I really expected. Yeah, I think in the secret scrimmage, he had 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. I don't expect him to average numbers like that, but I do expect him to be a guy who can maybe give them 12, four and four every night. Um, And I think that would be huge as the number two guy for them. Um, Just looking at some of his splits last year, like I said, he only shot 39.3% from the field, uh, 32% from three, 85% from the free throw line, which is promising. And he did shoot 42% from three as a freshman at Rhode Island. So I think he can shoot the ball a little bit. I think having some of that pressure off of him as the go-to guy uh, will open that up. But I think that's a big if, and I think that's a big thing that we're going to look for. And for Pitt to be able to replicate the type of scoring games they put together last year, they're going to need guys who who can hit shots. Um, You're going to have to replace Greg Elliott. You're going to have to replace Jamarius Burton, Nelly Cummings, Nike Sabandi. Are there guys who can step up and score the ball and shoot the ball? Um, And that leads me to another guy who – Pitt brought in through the portal this year is high point transfer Zach Austin. Uh, Zach Austin going to play start at the three for Pitt. Um, just an absolute Swiss Army knife. Uh, it's, guy stands about six seven. Um, he averaged fourteen points, six point seven rebounds, two threes a game, and two blocks in sixty three career games. Um, and he shot forty two percent from the field last year, thirty three percent from three. Not knocked down by any means, but once again, another guy who can stretch the floor for them. Um, he's really intriguing as an athlete. We saw the videos from uh, Spain where he's just dunking on every Spaniard in his path. I was, I, I was worried if he kept doing that, they were gonna, they were gonna ship him out. Tell him, tell him, get this guy out of here. Uh, he's, he's making a mockery of of our Spanish basketball here. But uh, another guy that they're gonna lean on heavily. Yeah, you need three and D guys. I think we've been waiting for Will Jeffers to make a jump to become a three and D guy, but mm. we're not there yet. We'll get to him later. But Zach Austin, I think, can do that right now. It's just a matter of can he be a consistent enough shooter? Because I think everything else he does is what you want, like a like a high motor guy, great athlete. So he'll be a very useful guy. Uh, I'm happy with the portal this year. I was a little bit gun shy about the portal because we've had some misses and it's like, are these guys who come up from these low majors ever really that good? But I think he's got the tools to be a good guy for this team. Yeah. I mean, I think he's what they hoped real will Jeffress would be eventually here, you know, athletic, big defender, uh, can catch and shoot threes. Like you said, three and D. Um, so yeah, I mean, play the Will Jeffress role just much better than Will Jeffress has at his time in his time at Pitt thus far. Yeah, um, catch Mally Oops. Yeah. Bring down the Pete. Uh bring down the house at the Pete. It's like he's a bomb day gone. Someone's gotta have some top ten dunks. I think he's the candidate for that for sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um so those are two transfer guys and then I don't I'm not gonna run through every guy on the roster here, but the other thing that we kind of have to just trust from what we've heard is that Bub Carrington's going to be the answer at the point guard p- 
position. Um, and we have to make a ruling. We can't keep going back and forth on Carlton Carrington or Bub Carrington throughout the year. I know Bub's his nickname. It's his dad's nickname. It's his grandpa's nickname. They're all Carlton's. He's the third. Are we just going to roll with Bub? Cable calls him Bub, so I think we got to call him Bub too. All right. Stamp it. Make We've made a rolling. It's Bub Carrington from here. I'm sure we'll post on. some Carlton dancing gifts if he has a big game or something or for a buzzer beater three. So we'll have it in our back pocket, but we're right. on a first nickname basis with him. All right, Bub, it is. Um, all right, Bub Carrington. So he's going to run the point for them, which I think was a surprise to a lot of Pitt fans. Coming into this, uh, he was recruited more as a two guard. Uh, a lot of, on a lot of recruiting sites, I guess I should say. I don't know what Pitt's plan, if this was Pitt's plan with him all along. Um, but Jalen Lowe, the other freshman guard in this class, was considered more of the point guard, more natural pass first point guard. Um, but all reports from within the team and in the media are that Bob Carrington's going to be the starting point guard. Um, I there's two sides of me with this one i'm like wow we have a six five point guard who's known as one of the best shooters in his high school class shoots the ball off the dribble um and pretty athletic for for a point guard um a lot of videos of him jamming with two hands um and and it there's some buzz uh, some things i've heard that this staff thinks he can be an NBA guy, future NBA prospect. I've heard the I've heard one and done thrown out. I'm really not going to buy into that yet because I'll just be really upset if he's if he underperforms. But maybe he's a, he's young for his class, so it could be a guy who plays two years in college and then leaves. Um, so that's one side of me. The other side of me is we have a freshman playing point guard, and no matter how highly touted you are. Uh, that typically doesn't lend itself to a winning team in college basketball. You like to have older guards. I mean, we're going from a team who is playing 24 and 23 year old JB and Nellie Cummings to now a lot of those ball handling minutes being in 18 and 19 year old Bob and Jalen Lowe. And I think that's where Ishla gets going to be really important to help support the young point guard. So it's not going to be, one guy orchestrating the whole offense. Like last year, Nelly was that guy. I mean, Burton was also that guy. They were, they could have been the guy if the other wasn't there. It was like, you're a new advance fields, get the ball in this guy's hands. He'll get it to the right person. So I don't know if we have a guy who can run the offense on their own, but I think we have enough ball handlers to where one guy won't be overloaded. We didn't talk about Jalen Lowe yet. I think he was the front runner for, this guy's a point guard. How much will we see him as a freshman? We'll definitely play. Uh, might not be the starter, but he's going to get a lot of minutes because we need him to. So, see. We'll see who steps up out of that group. I think they can all be really solid contributors, but so far, Bob Carrington is like the flashy new toy. It's like this guy could be a great scorer at all levels. Right. To seeing the things that he was doing in Spain and apparently the secret scrimmage again. We're going to talk about the secret scrimmage. It was the best thing to happen in the last few months. It gave us so much hope. Uh, Georgetown could be like the worst power five or group of five, whatever you call it in college basketball nowadays. Yeah, whatever. 
they could be the worst out of all of them, and we beat them, and we feel we're on top of the world. But, hey, if you can do it, I'm going to believe I'm buying all the stock. Yeah, I'm buying a lot of Bub Carrington stock, and I'm I'm a little worried about it. I don't want to buy in too much, but I do think, you know, we said it. Who who's going to emerge from that group as the primary ball handler? Leggett's going to have to help out. Uh, Bub and Jalen are going to be asked to do a lot. Um, I think they're going to have to. They're going to go through some growing pains early, and I, I think Pitt fans have to remember that. Um, and you Nelly know, Cummings what, did last year too. I don't. Well, think I was going to talk about it all. Nelly Cummings was. Not rough. good, rough early in the season. I mean, I I think I tweeted at one point. You know, it, it's very clear that this step up, like Nelly's not ready to play at this level. And boy, was I wrong. By the end of the year, he was one of the most efficient point guards in the ACC, averaging five assists a game. Um, sometimes it just takes time to adjust. Whether that's moving up from a lower level of Division One basketball, or there's going to be a transition from high school to college, and. There's going to be some rough games. There's going to be a game where Carlton Carrington shoots one for seven. It's Bob. Has, we just uh, established this. Yeah, we just established it. My bad. Uh, there's there's going to be games. Well, he'll be Carlton in games where he plays poorly. Bob, okay. Bob all other times. Uh, there's going to be games where Bob doesn't shoot the ball well, has five turnovers. And there's going to be Pitt fans saying, bench him. He's not the guy. It should be Jalen Lowe. There. What are they doing? Uh, Cable, Cable did it again. People are going to be calling for Dior Johnson to come back uh, at some point in December. But they have to let them play through some of those mistakes early, and they have to be able to live and learn, and they're going to have to learn on the fly, and they're going to have to grow up quickly. Uh, but I do think if there's one small thing, like like a silver lining that I can offer Pitt fans who are worried about these guys being freshmen, including myself, this is largely for myself, is both Jalen Lowe and Bob Carrington are the sons of coaches. Uh, both their dads are very heavy in the grassroots basketball scene. Um, Jalen's dad in Houston, Bob's dad in Baltimore. Um, they're sons of coaches. So they've been coached hard. They've been coached up their whole lives. Uh, that doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of sons of coaches and some of them don't work out, but, it gives me a little more hope that, you know, knowing that these guys come from basketball families, they've been around the game their whole lives, uh, that they may be a little more mature. And I, I think that's one of the comments that the coaches and some of the older players have made about those two is that they're they're mature for freshmen. They're not your average freshman. Yeah. Last year, this team was older than the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it took them, what, three weeks, a month to like figure it out and get on a roll. So... There'll be some scares against non-conference opponents, I'm sure. We have some uh, good battles early in the season. So I think Capel talked about it the other day. He said he thinks one of the most impactful games last year was the VCU game, and it was one that they lost because that's when they figured it out. They found out who they were and what their identity was. They didn't know how to win yet. So they figured a lot of things out, but they couldn't pull it out in the end. I know there was... A crazy last minute there. So that taught them how to win, how to gel with each other. So I'm eager to see how they do out of the gate. I'm eager to see how they do against, like, in these tournaments at Barclays, uh, when the lights are the brightest and they play some 
real tough competition for the first time. And they have Florida on the schedule. Florida's yeah. going to be good. Yeah, Florida just blew somebody out in a secret scrimmage. I forget who, but they beat somebody good. So there'll be some tests. But where we are in November is not where we'll be in March. So hopefully they're just quick little speed bumps. By December, when the ACC games roll around, they'll be a little bit more ready to run the offense and make plays for this team. Thankfully, there's a lot of good guys around. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing here, is that they're not coming in like Xavier Johnson, Trey McGowan's, the last freshman guard tandem that was brought in. They were with that first capable class, and I think they were a sign of... At one point, a sign of hope, a ray of light for this program. Um, but those two had to do everything themselves. It was literally just give X the ball, give Trey the ball, let them go make a play. Yeah, what are you going to do? Like pick and pop with Kenny Chukwuka or Terrell Brown or kick it to Cam Davis in the corner? Right. That's not this team. Yeah, it was an empty cover. So you've got these young guys who are playing with guys who've played a lot of college basketball, some older guys, some talented guys. Um, but once again, they're going to have to run the show at points, and that'll be probably the biggest question mark on this team this year is how those freshmen step up. But enough about the freshmen, enough about the guards. I want to talk about the big guys, the triplets. They lost one of the quadruplets, Nate Santos, transferred to Dayton. Nate, thank you for your service here. Um, but we've got the Jorge and Guillermo Diaz-Graham, along with Fetty Federico, guys who are going to fill out the front court. Uh, Papa Conte suffered a season-ending knee injury uh, during the preseason, so he won't be suiting up for the Panthers this year. But those bigs, um, there's three of them, three of them who I think are pretty good. Um, but this is another one of the biggest question marks for me on this pit team is how that is going to shake out with the front court, what those minutes are going to look like. Because Fetty Federico, before his injury last year, looked like, I mean, by the end of the year, I, he looked like, what, a top half of this top half of the ACC center. Mm. I mean, I, I think there were points at the end of the year where I was like, could he make like an honorable mention all ACC? Yeah, he turned into a guy that was a problem for teams on defense. I don't know how well I'm remembering it, but I'm pretty sure he was kind of just out there running around early in the season. He wasn't really fully like that anchor that the team needed on defense. I think the defense was pretty terrible at the beginning of the season. So he figured it out on defense, which is really all we ask. We're like, Fetty's get rebounds, protect the rim a little bit, and that's that. John Hugley goes down, but he starts playing more, and he was getting double-doubles. He was blocking dudes. He was hanging with Baycott. So I'm really excited for Fetty. Maybe more so than the Twins, which is kind of crazy because I think what we saw towards the end of the year from Fede is like this is a guy that is going to be an anchor that makes everyone on defense better. Yeah. He averaged six and a half points, five rebounds a game last year, 1.7 blocks, which is which is actually leading, uh, leads the ACC in returning players uh, for, for blocks per game. And I think this team's going to need to rely on defense a little bit more. Last year, it was how many threes can we make? A lot of times it came down to if we shoot this percentage from three, we're going to win. If not, we're going to lose. 
this year they might have to be a little bit more gritty and win by a little bit more low scoring games. And I just talked about Fetty being a dude on defense. Can the twins step in for him whenever he's in foul trouble or um, yeah, it's, it's getting thin there, but the top three I have there like a lot. Yeah, I think so. We just talked about how good Fetty was last year and how, how much he meant to this team. And I'm still not completely sure that he's the best option at the five for them. Um, Guillermo Diaz Graham was thrown into the fire right before the NCAA tournament. And I think going into that game against Mississippi State, I think we were all a little worried. Like, is he going to be able to bang with these guys? And he he looked overmatched at points in that game. And then he made the game-winning block at the end of the game. He made some big-time plays for them. Then against Iowa State, he has 9 points, 8 rebounds, um, 3 blocks. Against Xavier, he has 11 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks. He steps out and hits hits some threes in the tournament. Like There's a piece with Guillermo Diaz-Graham that makes me think. like His ceiling, I think, is higher than Federico. I don't think that's really debatable. Um, but I think the floor is a little higher with Federico than it is with with Guillermo and maybe it just turns into a whoever the hot hand is whoever we feel better matchup wise with um maybe they figure out a way to play them together and play some big lineups with like you said there's going to be there's a team that's probably going to have to defend a little better I think they're built to defend better than last year's team was last year they were playing JB and Nelly and Nike I mean that's a that's a lineup with you know and Greg Elliott, you you might be playing three guys who are all you know six three, six four, or smaller. Um, there's a chance this year where they trot out a lineup with Blake Henson at six seven, Guillermo at six eleven, Fetty at seven foot. Like, are they playing all three of those guys at the same time? Zach Austin six seven. So there's a chance. Bob Carrington six five. Like, there's a chance that they can be really big, really long, um, and they could be special defensively they might have to figure something like that out where they can play a Diaz Graham and Federico at the same time, play the twins together because there's only so many minutes to go around in a basketball game. And I'm, I'm thinking those are guys you're going to want to get on the court. This season will be a big challenge for Capel might be one of the most talented rosters he had might be more talented this year than last year. People have been saying, we'll see. There's so many different things he can do. Talk about Henson being a matchup nightmare at the four, which is where he usually played last year. And I think that's a spot where he, he fits in real well. But like you said, we're playing Guillermo at the five, at the four. Depending on the team we're playing, it might give him absolute hell. So I want to see a lot more of the Twins this year. I think they're going to be knocking down more threes. I think playing in March did wonders for them. They probably have all the confidence in the world after that playing game. So I'm just really curious to see how they play these guys together. Because if they yeah. find a lineup that clicks, it could be like the Warriors uh, death lineup where it's like whenever this group of fives out there, watch out. They're outscoring you and they're going to block you every time you shoot it. I would be very disappointed if Capel doesn't at least test out a lineup with all three of them on the court. 
Henson what? the two. Henson at the two. Just an absolutely massive lineup put out there. Mismatches everywhere. Um, and it'll be fun. And I think that's something that we'll be able to say about this pit team this year. They're going to be fun. Uh, we're probably going to have stretches where we want to rip our hair out and we want to there's going to be people calling for Capel's job again. He was a one hit wonder. Um, but I do think this pit team has a chance to be really, really good. And I, I don't know the last time I was this excited preseason for pit basketball. I know by the end of last year, we were all on the hype train. Um, but preseason, it's been probably since the Dixon era, since I've been this excited about a basketball team before the season. Um, and pit football's failures have probably fan that flame a little bit but any final thoughts on the hoops team it's gonna be fun i'm gonna be in the pete a lot this year i was in the pete a lot last year and it was cool to see the excitement grow and grow and grow like there were weeknight games where it was empty but you couldn't give tickets away i'd have an extra ticket nobody could go nobody want to go i just hunkered out by myself, grab some popcorn and watch the Panthers play. I'm like, you know what? They looked really good tonight. And it kept happening. And by the end, Syracuse game, grand wasn't finale. An empty seat. Wasn't an empty seat in the peak. Yeah. So I want to see how quickly we get to that point. I really hope there aren't like any bad losses in the non-conference. I don't think it's, it's it could happen. It's probably, probably happen inevitable. It's probably but inevitable. I just don't want people to jump off the bandwagon early if there's a slip up and we lose badly to like Florida or West Virginia crushes us again. I just want to see a bump and Pete. I hear you. Well, Clear. they kick it off against UPJ. Hopefully they take down your mountain cats. And uh, then we got NCA and T on Monday. So yeah, quick scouting report. UPJ picked to finish fifth. In the PSAC West. So, how many teams are in the PSAC West? Cats. How many teams in the PSAC West? Six. Six. Okay. Five out of six. Good to know. All right. Boy, basketball is back. Thank you, Jeff Cable, for giving us a different team to watch. And, uh, hey, we'll see you all at the Pete on Wednesday. You don't got nothing better to do. Well, we had our chance to talk basketball, but the Pitt Football Panthers do play this Saturday. And uh, they've got a pretty good team coming to town. Florida State Seminoles, undefeated, front runners to win the ACC right now, and pretty damn good chance to make the playoffs, ranked number four in the country. Um, Squid. How excited are you for this game? One to ten. I'm actually pretty excited to watch Florida State's receivers because they're all just massive and really good NFL prospects. Yeah, Keon Coleman's a freak. Um, I don't even want to imagine what he's going to do to our secondary on Saturday, but I guess we I guess we have to. Uh, we've got another three thirty kick. For this game. And I think if you would have told me back in September, August, that the FSU game was going to be a 3.30 kick, I would tell you that's going to be one of the best days of my life. And now, here we are, fast forward to October, and I'm 
absolutely miserable. Well, fast forward to November by the time this comes out. Uh, I'm absolutely miserable that this isn't a nooner that we couldn't get out of the way early. I'm just glad it's on a night game. I'll take 3.30, sleep in a little bit, maybe run some errands in the morning, get my life together before Pitt does whatever Pitt's going to do. So, people listening, uh, I, I know we sound down, but we are going to be there, and I think we have to give the people a reason to think that they also have to be there and cheer on our Panthers. First, it's it's the last Saturday tailgate of the year. Last home games against Boston College on a Thursday night. So it's our last Saturday we'll get to spend on the North Shore. We spend all year looking forward to Saturdays on the North Shore. And just like that, they're gone. So that's number one. It's a big number one. Huge number one, even. Last last chance to eat Big Shot Bob's on a Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, that's not exactly true. For free, with us. In a parking um, lot. In a parking lot, yeah. Um, anything else? Any other reasons? That's, a, that's all I got. Okay, so my <laughs> reason was Florida State related. Uh, I guess we can talk about the quarterbacks again. We can see which quarterback throws fewer interceptions or... Throws a touchdown, maybe. Yeah, I would. So I think we're going to do a wish list here too, like reasons you should show up, but also like wish lists of things we'd like to see because we are showing up. I would like to see Vayer and Yarnell get snaps, get get drives. Um, and I guess it's not the best test it out and see how they look game because they are playing a team that's probably going to make the college football playoff. But at this point, I don't really know what you have to lose other than you are so certain that one of your guys is the guy. And I'm guessing, I mean, it would be Vayer because they're starting him. Unless you're so certain that Vayer is your guy moving forward and you just want to get him as many snaps as possible. Uh, but my counter argument to that would be they benched him last week against Notre Dame. And brought Va- brought Yarnell in, let him sling it a couple times, and he threw a touchdown. So I-, I think at this point you have to at least give them both snaps to see, get them some in-game reps. And we talked about this in the Notre Dame recap. I want to see that Yarnell doesn't have it before he transfers away because Vayer is starting next year. I want to I at least be able to see that with my own two eyes before trusting that the staff just didn't give him a chance and he's actually a, a reasonable option at quarterback. There's straight up a real chance that this game is about as ugly as it was last week. And you simply cannot let one quarterback endure all of that. Yeah. So I think for that reason, there's a very, very high chance we see both of them because it's like, well, we're not going to keep trotting you out and kill your confidence even more. So Maybe try again next week. Yeah, that's a good point. There, I mean, the starter, well, it's going to be there. It's going to take so many hits that they might, like you said, let, let, let Yarnell get in there, take some of those reps. Um, maybe they'll trot Ty Diefenbach out. Is he healthy? I think he dressed last week. I've seen him on the sideline and I think he's dressing. Yeah, sure. Toss the freshman out there, see what he's got. 
Now don't do that. Poor kid. Eli Kasanovich and his khakis. Yeah, Eli and the khakis. Um, so another item on my wish list. Can we please have good weather? I saw a high of 60, mm. a low of 39. Please just give me a dry day where it's comfortable to be outside. I, I'd like to be comfortable in a hoodie and some sweatpants sitting in the stadium. Nice fall day. Uh, please don't let me. Don't I, I really don't want to sit in the rain and watch this game. Last one on my wish list. Short wish list. We're not asking for much. Uh, Devin Bartholomew talked about it last episode. Narduzzi sat down with him and said, hey, we're going to give you the ball. Let's do it. How hard is it for a tight end to run out five yards, stop, and turn around? Or run five yards, cut in a little bit, and turn around? I see Travis Kelsey do it like 14 times a week. Just force feed him the ball. Be like Bob Means week one. Even if he's not open, just put it in his area because it is stupid to not give the guy who's averaging like 24 yards per reception the ball a lot. Shit, split him out if you have to. We'll split him out wide and let him go one-on-one with a little cornerback. Uh, do something creative to get him the ball. But if he has any less than like eight targets on Saturday, it's an abomination. And if he isn't made a focal point of the offense, let him go out there and try to ball out. Because at this point, I mean, once again, what do you have to lose other than Gavin Bartholomew? If you don't use him before the end of the season, and I'd be surprised already if he's not hitting the transfer portal or at least seeing what's out there, what interest he has. Um, but give the kid a reason to think that you want to use him and that you want to make him a part of your team moving forward because you haven't done it the last few weeks and you really haven't done it the last couple of years despite all the evidence in the world pointing to him being a stud. So please, we're not even... I'm not even going to give this a please win. Please throw Bart the ball. Please use him as part of the offense. It would be hilarious if we win and we have three wins against the two best teams in the ACC and Wofford. Just need to address that theory. Yeah, it would also be funny if Pitt goes three and nine but their two losses uh, cost, or their two wins over ACC teams cost the ACC a team in the playoff. I think at that point, <laughs> everyone will be so pissed off, they just find the way out of the ACC. Like, we were cool with like trying to make this work, add some teams that now, fuck Pitt, you ruined it for all of us. <laughs> we're done. That would be that would be about the most pit thing I could imagine is they they single handedly just break the grant of rights. Do you have an anti wish list? I have one. Yeah, go for it. Speed option. No speed option. No. No. Forest State has some amazing defensive linemen. Let's not just run our quarterback directly at them. Anti-wish list. Hmm. No, just 
competent special teams play. Punts um, over 30 yards would be nice. Yeah. Wishless item, yeah, punt. Punt, yeah. punt the ball more than 30, 35 yards. Um, and yeah, just just give me a beautiful Saturday. Last one I get to spend with all, all my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Until Saturday's at the peak. Um, yeah, please use Gavin Bartholomew. Please show up to the North Shore on Saturday. Come hang out with us. Pitt can be as bad as they want to be or don't want to be. That still doesn't stop us from cracking open cold icy lights and eating Big Shot Bobs in the parking lot. So come have a party. Head into the game for a little bit. Head out. Go on about your day. I have um, a stat correction before you lead us out, Dylan. Go for it. It's really been weighing on me. I slipped up and I said there are six teams in the PSAC West, and there's nine. For some reason, I forgot the my cross country team back in the day finished 16th at some point. So six teams in each division will not check out. So I had to put that out there for all the the PSAC uh, fans. Wait, so how many teams are in the PSAC? 18. Yeah. Sheesh. Wow. That's your weekly dose of PSAC sports, both squid. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. See you on Saturday at the North Shore. See you at the Pitt exhibition game against UPJ at the Pitt Wednesday night. Um, let's have a big bad week, Pitt sports. And as always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh.